This is the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers with your host, Robert Ferguson, where you'll get quick, relevant tips to build your speaking business. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Dr. Kelly Edmonds, a leader in the e-learning field who helps speakers, entrepreneurs, and businesses create, design, and teach online-based courses. Her goal is to help people learn better through research-based instructional design. Let's get started. So, Dr. Kelly, in one sentence, tell us what you do. Um, well, in one sentence, I, what I do is I design and I actually build online courses to the launch ready mode for companies worldwide. Well, that's succinct. And I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Well, tell how did you end up working with speakers to create online courses? I broke into the entrepreneurial market about three years ago, and I do a lot of marketing, uh, reaching out to sort of, uh, single owner businesses, small businesses. And in terms of building courses for their particular audience and their market. And so I, I get all sorts of entrepreneurs from coaches to speakers to um, technical people that really want to sort of take their information, their knowledge and put it out there sort of in a broader, in a broader sense so that they can scale up their business. They can teach others the basics. Okay. That makes sense. Well, what, as you say three years ago, so let's, let's use that framework. What, what do you know now that you wish you knew three years ago that you could share with our listeners? Well, the online market is very busy and very noisy. It was a huge learning curve, not only to gear up my online presence, which is odd because I d- design online, but online courses, but also then how to reach out and find your market, how to stay engaged with them, and then how to design services and products that they need. And I, that was a huge learning curve for me. Now, my business, I've been in business for eight years, but the first five years, I strictly, well, not strictly, but I mostly designed courses for universities and colleges and uh, small corporations which I still do. Oh, actually, actually, even large corporations. I designed for one of our uh, largest airlines in Canada, WestJet. So I just wanted to break into the the entrepreneurial market because there's a lot of people out there that want to create a course. And but it was really quite a huge learning curve. Almost quit three times my first <laughs> online year. Yeah, thinking this is insane. You know, setting all this up technically, my website, my marketing. Um, yeah, so yeah, you just, I couldn't have learned that in the beginning. I just had to learn it along the way. Well, you have, uh, the hard work of all the details you have figured out. And so there are many speakers, as you say, the entrepreneurs, coaches, and others, but for speakers who want to create an online course, what are, what are some of the key issues that you feel speakers need to know to embrace this type of format? Well, I think they have to shift from what they normally do in speaking, uh, be it inspiring or informing or sharing into teaching. So they have to take whatever it is they're talking about their topic and turn that into a teachable, teachable moments, breaking it down um, all the different concepts or all the different strategies. And that's what a course is. A course is something where people can join 
and learn things in bite-sized pieces and build up their skill level of whatever, you know, whatever the topic area is. Whereas I assume most speakers are, you know, um, sharing strategies and how people can live a better life and motivating them. But it's just sort of a one-way communication when they're on the stage. Sure, they may have a Q&A session. But teaching is all of a sudden now you got to stop and break it down and teach it in steps. Whatever it is that you're wanting them to be able to do at the end of your course. Okay. So, Dr. Kelly, I find it interesting. A lot of speakers, let's say their their content is about leadership or sales training, or it could be in employee engagement, and they may have a speaking uh, engagements that they do keynotes, but they also may have workshops. How do they translate doing, let's say, a half day workshop to doing an online course? Is that possible? Oh, sure, absolutely. Now, um, a half day workshop would be about three four hours. And to have somebody go through your course for three, four hours would probably take you a couple of months to build. So you really have to break down because you can't see them, right? Mm -hmm. If it's a standalone self-directed course where people just buy it, log in and self-pace themselves, you can't see them or hear them if they're getting it or not. And so that whole learning path, whole learning sequence, you have to spell out and design content and activities around that bit by bit by bit. So it's like a path, like a stepping stone path. With the tools that you have, it's one thing to present the content. Do you also have the ability then to, whether it's, um, um, you said activity, so you're asking the participant, the viewer to take some action, uh, write a test, or is that the sort of activities you're referring to? Exactly. I mean, I go go, uh, by the... um, the rule that, and, and I have a background in uh, adult learning theory. That was my first degree. Mm-hmm. In that, um, adults stop learning or digesting information after 20 minutes. And this may be something too that the speakers want to think about when they're speaking at, at events. They just, we just can't assimilate and and keep bringing in information after 20 minutes. Our brains sort of shut down. We need to do something even getting up and having a break. (laughs) But also, like, you need to stop and figure out, okay, I really wanted them to um, really sort of explore this concept and maybe reflect it in their own life, or I want them to write something out really quickly about what they heard or how they can apply it to their life. That's doing something. So it doesn't have to be a big quiz or a big project. It's just, why are you telling them this? What do you want them to do with it? Mm -hmm. And then have them do it. Now, with self-directed courses, it's less, uh, it's, it's, it's more difficult to get somebody to go through your course perfectly and read everything and do all the activities, but it's all about timing and people just really need to stop and be able to digest the information and do something with it. it it's more likely if we do something with, with, with information or strategies, it's more likely to go to long-term um, memory and we'll have retention. We'll remember it next time. We'll actually start to apply it to our life. And I think that is, should be the main concern of anyone creating a course is, is anyone going to be able to do anything with this? You must always think about your students and what it is they're going to do with your information. So it's a whole mind shift and, and a new set of responsibilities when you're designing a course. If you follow that initiative, then your students will fall in love with you. That makes sense. And now you, I love that if they would, you know, fall in love with what we're talking about. And one of the challenges for a speaker is if they're standing in front of a live audience, they're getting what I'll call visual cue feedback. 
how do they ensure that their content is uh, relevant to the audience that they're, they're and that they know they're getting through that they love it? Is there secrets or tips about doing an online course? Well, I, I say this quite a bit in my blog post. I'm trying to get that message out somehow or other facilitate this. I mean, I understand self-directed courses, self-paced courses are great because you just get to plop them online, walk away, make some passive income. Yes, yes and no. They, those may be effective courses. But if your topic is more deep, it's about personal development, leadership development, you need to facilitate it somehow so you can interact with your people. That could be uh, an online discussion forum. That could be, you know, you know, frequent Q&A live call sessions or webinars. Try to connect with your people. I'm not saying they all have to hand in their homework to you or the work that they're creating, but somehow now and then tap into you know, if they're able to apply the way you're hoping they can apply it through the activities. So I, I like facilitated courses, not heavily facilitated courses. That's a whole different thing. That is, you know, uh, trans, transformational courses. That's mm. heavy personal development courses. You should be heavily involved. You want people to <laughs> change their lives. But more, uh, I think your speakers are motivators. They're trying to help people maybe uh, live a better life, um, work, uh, work better, being able to, you know, show up in the world differently. Those are more what I call, you know, light, lighter personal development courses versus, you know, um, trying to heal a broken heart type of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. But you need to be involved somehow. You, you really do. I think there's a, there's a misconception out there that you can just throw these courses together <clears throat> and people are going to miraculously go through them and get it and apply all this stuff to their life. And it doesn't work that way. I mean, people after, usually module two, if it gets too tough, they never come back. Mm-hmm. Of course. That's, I appreciate that perspective because if, if, if you don't have the completion, you're not having the impact. And that, right. makes, that makes sense. One of the th- issues for speakers is they're, they may have what I'll call some core content that they they use, but they continue to hone it. How do you, um, you know, you develop this online course and you want to keep the material fresh and relevant over time. Do, do speakers come back and then revamp the content? What, what do they do, I guess, to keep it relevant over time? Yeah, I guess they could come back in and, you know, rewrite a piece within one of the lesson pages or uh, add to a video or um, add new you know, sort of resources that people can link out to or add an audio file or something like that for sure. And it really, you know, I think it's it's really um, um, exciting to hear people honing and honing their, their work. The first thing I thought of as an instructional designer, which is basically a course designer, is what I'm getting is power strategies. So they know how they can like just hone their work down to be able to share it with people, to be able, for people to get it. And those are the power strategies that people really want in courses. So I, with entrepreneurs, including myself, I've got an online shop of uh, products, tutorials, and tools that people can, can buy in order to help them create their own course on their own, is we, deal, we are in the marketplace. So unlike academia that has registered students who are trying to pursue credits, or corporations where the staff has to take the training, we are sharing our courses. We're trying to sell our courses to the marketplace, to consumers. Mm. Consumers are more demanding, right? So 
they just want to know how to do something and move on. Mm -hmm. Who has time to go through, you know, um, five pages of introductory information. They don't care. Like, how do I do this? How do I do this in my life? And because everybody's life is quicker Um, and they want instant gratification, which sometimes they're just going to have to do the work. But in in the same sense, they just want to get down to how to do something. And also, why would I do this? You need to convince adult learners, especially like, why is this important to me? And less on the what, but more on the how, not what it is, but how do I do this? And it, it's frustrating as a course designer because teachers, we just want to slow everybody down. We want to sort of really, you know, take time to reflect on stuff. It doesn't happen, especially when consumers are buying our course. They want application right away. And that's where those power strategies come in. It's exactly what they want to know. Interesting. So here's an important question, I guess, for a speaker who would love to develop a course and they're going to make an income from it. Do you ever recommend that, let's say, speakers specifically offer some of their material for free? And if so, why? Well, that just seems to be the norm right now. And again, I'll go back to what where we're really placing our courses is in the marketplace. So people need to get to know who you are. They need to get to know... Um, uh, what is your style? What is your philosophy? Um, and the more you share the freely, the more attraction you have to yours. I have some free products. I have a lot of free blogs. I give a lot away a lot. Um, but I'm not saying it's piecemeal, but you know, to get the full uh, experience, to get sort of everything put together for you in the steps. And that's when I have my, my online um, resources that people can purchase or, hire me to build the entire course. Um, it, people, because of the noisy marketplace, I just said to you, mm-hmm. in order to establish yourself, if you give away freely and people really get who you are, um, then I think that's, that's a really nice start. So that could be, um, that could be a small course or a video course. Uh, that could be a PDF. That could be an audio file. And, um, and then get those followers so you can send them newsletters about different, other different ideas that has to do with your topic. Okay. And it may seem like, geez, that's all I'm doing is creating free stuff, free stuff. But you are out there with a, probably another, you know, million entrepreneurs. And I don't know how many people in, in, you know, your particular field that you really want to be able to stand out. And I think people are really getting tired of, you know, sleazy emails and pop-ups on websites and they just really want to connect with somebody that's real and authentic and they want to learn from them. And what I found too is my followers, when they've created a course, they move on and that's okay. You know, they, they learn from me and they move on. So they may learn from you and move on. And usually, you know, many of the people that uh, have bought my products or have been my students in my own course or have been my clients actually started to follow me first. Interesting. Well, um, Dr. Kelly, as we, we start to wrap up here, I have one last question I'd love to ask. And are there certain secret tricks or tips about speaking that you, you know, and, and teaching when, especially in doing an online course that you could share with our listeners? Well, I think in, in the end, uh, there has to be, a few things that you want to be able to catch people's attention first. And that applies to courses as well. So, you know, that was the, the first module page uh, or, or the lesson page. You want to be able to grab their attention. So there's that whole motivation and interest, like what's in it for me? Why should I listen to you? 
And also people love stories. People really can learn through stories because what happens with stories is we start to see ourselves in part of that story and we learn from that as opposed to somebody telling me what I should be or should be thinking. Stories are such a humanistic way to actually teach. And people, you know, it's just much more heartwarming. You look at any of the TED Talks, you know, um, that have stories in them and people just like melt. Mm-hmm. And then um, getting down to, yeah, like I said, those power strategies. So what, how can I apply this to my life? So very sort of targeted, you know, um, way of, of presenting. So get their attention, share a story. Now you have their attention. You need their attention for them to actually learn from you. And that's in speaking or an online course. Great advice. Thanks, Dr. Kelly. This has been great. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Thank you. It was fun. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about when it's okay to go off script and still stay on track. Many aspiring speakers don't feel the freedom to stray from the script. And it's a dangerous place to live, off script. Speakers are much more likely to say something offensive or regretful when they're winging it. If you stick to what you plan to say, you shouldn't say anything dumb or harmful. You you did do your homework and know what your audience wants to hear, right? But there are also times when an impromptu excursion can be incredibly connective for the audience. Perhaps the easiest to understand is the callback. That's a reference to a person, a comment, a story, or an experience that everyone in the room shares. I think a good rule of thumb for a new speaker is to limit off-script activity to direct interaction with the audience. For example, questions. But connecting to an audience's side comment or a suddenly remembered story that applies can be a wonderful experience for the speaker and the audience, and no set of rules can say when to or not to limit your content in such a way. The more experience you have, the more equipped you are to make the right decision for the moment. Just watch that clock and when in doubt, leave it out. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. While I do use a set of questions to guide our interviews here, I also look for opportunities to go off script at times when there's something interesting to explore. I hope you find this beneficial. On our next K5 podcast, I'll be interviewing Chris Del Torrio, the president of a sales and leadership development company that empowers people to become superstar versions of themselves. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.